Welcome to The Responsible Podcast. Your host, Stanley J. Targos III, is the founder of The Responsible Brand and The Responsible Network. Enjoy today's episode. Hello, everyone. My name is Stanley J. Targos, and I'm the host of The Responsible Podcast. Today, we have a great show, and it's called From Porous to Wealthy You. Finding and filling the holes that leak all of our wealth through our lifetimes. And really, the porous is a play on words. It's really meant to be, if we have a porous way of accumulating something, it's going to leak right through. But leaking things through actually makes us poor. And I've been there, and I've seen it thousands of times, and I would guess and imagine most of you have as well. So how do we go from being porous to having a wealthy you. And a wealthy you is wealthy you as an individual. It's also wealthy you for understanding. It's also wealthy you for wealthy university. How do we change the trajectory of what we're doing and what we're building so that we can eliminate the holes in our gaps, not only for us, but for our kids, for our grandkids, and for the future generations, for the people in our community, so that we can impact all the people around us all the time in a healthy way, in a way that has impact, in a way that's responsible. And the responsible brand is all about breathing that responsibility in an education format or showing people the right way to work based on the experiences that we've had. And this experiential learning is really based on the practices of what wealthy people have been doing for generations and applying it to the average American. My family is just as valuable as your family. And the families that I get to service who are high-end, low-end, middle-end, it doesn't matter. They're all deserving of the same information, the same opportunity, the same chance to succeed. But if we live in this poorest world, or poor us, I'm so poor me, poor me, we're never going to get there. We have to get to a place where we understand that there's a difference between the way wealthy people think and the average person thinks. Unfortunately, the byproduct of being average is oftentimes having less. And I don't want to label anybody poor or less than, or that's not the goal. The goal is we all have the same 24 hours in our day. We all have the same earning opportunity and potential with skills and talents that God's given us. We all might not have the same desire or passion to pursue something that makes millions of dollars a minute or be neurosurgeons. I certainly can't even spell neurosurgeon let alone biochemical engineering or any of those big, fancy, affluent titles. But I do understand how to make money. I do understand how to earn. And I'm understanding more and more how to keep what I work hard for. What I realize, it's hard to keep anything in a sieve. We have to plug the holes. And that's the solution. And plugging the holes doesn't mean that we have to change who we are, we have to change religions, we have to change political parties, we got to change the football teams that we root for on Sunday. Plugging the holes means that we have to make some changes in how we act, how we behave, and how we think. Someone said that the hardest thing to shift is is a, a paradigm shift is changing what you believe to be true for so long, realizing that there might be a different way. The hardest thing is the pride that comes with admitting that we might not have been doing things the right way for a long period of time. And I struggle with that just like you might. 
but let's clear the slate. Let's just begin with the basic understanding that we've been making the best decisions up to this point with the information that we had at the time. But if in the next 25 or 30 minutes we give you better information, you'll be able to make better decisions moving forward and change the tra trajectory. We'll be able to go from being poor us to wealthy you. We'll go from giving everything away to keeping most of what we earn. And we're not talking about being a miser and going on a diet, not eating out, not buying birthday gifts and Christmas gifts and presents for the family and paying for things that we should pay for like health care and health and physical fitness and tithing and donating to the church and charities that we're passionate about. We're talking about maintaining lifestyle, but being more responsible with how the money flows in and out of our economy and how our thoughts flow in and out of our heads. I learned a long time ago, people don't want to be educated. People don't want to learn. People want to be shown. So let me show you and share with you what we've been learning so that together we can get better. So we can do this journey as a team, so we can have community, so that if we get across, come across the struggle, we can handle it with the best information we have at the time, eliminating the emotion for making knee-jerk decisions or the fear from what if. So we know that equality starts with understanding. Equality isn't a matter of what blood type you have, or the color of your skin, or what part of the world your parents were born in. Equality begins with an understanding. And if we understand the rules of the game that we're playing, we're going to be able to manage the game differently and actually succeed at the game or have a higher chance of success. The problem is most people don't understand the game they're playing. They don't understand that they're actually playing a game. Most people wake up and think that they're under the circumstances and just a matter of the environment that they grew up in or where they lived. And while some of that might be true, I'm not discounting that there's factors that have an impact on our ability to succeed. But most people that I found in my 20 years of studying and learning and researching understand that there's something different. They just don't know how to change what they're doing. Go ask 100 people if they like the direction that our country's headed and ask them what they, what's one thing they should do to make a change. They all have an opinion on what direction our country's headed. It's good, it's bad, it's indifferent. But if they want to change it, they don't know what to do. No one's telling everybody, everybody go out of your house and turn left. Everybody pick up the Bible and read Psalms 134. People aren't telling us one thing to do, which is why we have paralysis analysis. We've been frozen by fear. We don't even know where to begin. We can't Google answers to how to get better because you get 1.8 billion hits in 0.35 seconds and we don't even know which ones are true which ones are false which ones are fake which ones are made up which ones are opinion which ones are facts so if we want to eliminate this poor us or this porous way of living we need to begin by having an understanding of what's a fact what is not a fact and we're not going to be able to break down all of it today but from a money standpoint, let's begin with a few things that we know are true. If you're listening, you probably have money flowing in and out of your economy. And if you're like most of the people that I see, a majority of the money that flows in and out of your econ economy is not being held accountable to anything. 
It's knee-jerk reactions. It's decisions based on guesses and assumptions. It's based on what works for your parents or their parents. But unfortunately, we're not in the Great Depression or the boomers anymore. This is in the 21st century. We're living in a different world. We've got cryptocurrency. We've got stay-at-home jobs, work-at-home careers. We've got everything working differently today than it did 30, 40, 50 years ago. While the invention of the internet and the modern theories for money, money management are in our faces all the time. You've got Kramer, Rick, Dave, Susie, the talking heads on TV, the people at church, the people at school, the people at higher education, the people at the banks, the people at the lending institutions. You have the people on Wall Street wanting to tell you what to do. And we're all being influenced by people in Washington, D.C. who haven't balanced a budget in 100 years. Is there any wonder why we're so poor and why we're so porous as a family, a culture, a country, a nation? Doesn't surprise me one bit. But we're in a time today when we have the ability to listen to experience and not just theory. So let's start by holding our money accountable. Accountability is agnostic to regardless of your, or to wherever you're at with your income or your net worth. Accountability, you might say people who have a lot have accountability to be, have more accountability to manage that. People who have a little don't think that they need to be accountable at all because there's more month at the end of the paycheck. But the truth is, if we're trusted with little, we'll be trusted with a lot. So let's start by being trusted with what we have today. How does our money flow in and out of our economy? Is it just being spent by whoever tells us how to spend it? Are we giving money away to save interest on that mortgage payment when we just refinanced our house to the lowest level that interest rates have been at in 50 years or 30 years or 20 years? Why are we making extra payments on that mortgage when we're dealing with inflation, depreciation, devaluation of the dollar? Why are we paying off the lowest interest that we have on money in our economy with dollars that are actually worth the most today. Wealthy people don't do that. People who are controlling their wealth make minimum payments at the right places, make maximum payments at the least efficient places. How does the average person do it? Well, Dave says I need to pay my house off to save the interest, so I guess I'm just going to take as much money as I can and pay my house off. Well, that might not be the right solution. That might be one of the reasons why we maintain porous with our money. Why it flows out while we're not even paying attention to it. We just think we're doing the right thing. But it's the right thing for Dave, Rick, or Susie, not the right thing for Stan. We need to attack this and approach this in a responsible way. The responsible brand believes that there's 350 million people in America that each have a different agenda, they each have different values, they each have different goals. There's not one solution that meets the criteria for everybody that we talk to. So if you're following blanket suggestions, go back and research those suggestions to find out who they were designed for and see if you mirror that person. And if you don't, change. And if you don't change, don't expect a different result. Go through this year with blinders on. I'm doing the best I can. This is the 10th year in a row I'm starting out paying off all my debt. This is the 10th year in a row it's probably going to end with more debt than I had at the beginning of the year. Because I don't have control over my money because I'm being porous. 
I'm not thinking like a wealthy person. I haven't instituted wealthy you in my life. I don't have that wealthy understanding, that wealthy university, that wealthy control, that wealthy mentality. If I work and earn $10, $100, or a million dollars, I need to protect that. And I need to protect what's important and what's valuable to me and my family. What's important and valuable to you and your family? And if you don't know, start there. How do we eliminate the porous mentality? Let's start by building a foundation for what's important to us. So when we come across the decision on whether we want to pay off a debt, a credit card, a student loan, a mortgage, build our savings, our emergency fund, fund our retirement, create a Roth IRA, we can use our custom family priorities and goals to determine what decisions can be made. And if you don't know what those are, go to the responsible person who introduced you to this podcast and say, hey, you have a priorities checklist and a values checklist. I'd like to do that for me and my family so that we can have a common ground so that my spouse and I can make decisions based on a common value, not on an assumed value. But what we notice is few people are committed to the change. Many people want to start the race. Few people want to end the race. And it's not because it takes a lot of time and energy. It takes the same amount of energy and time to be broke as it does to be rich. Just how you spend those 24 hours in your day have an impact on what you get to keep at the end of the day. Someone told me that. They said, Stan, wealthy people have the same 24 hours in their, they, in their billfold as you do. How they spend it makes all the difference in the world. And I'm not talking about going out and creating a real estate empire or going out and starting a side hustle and creating a business or becoming an entrepreneur or changing jobs or careers or, or getting a part-time job. That might be part of your solution. I'm talking about a mindset. Say so you can make a living from your neck down, but you become wealthy from your neck up. I believe that. I believe that 100%. You can make a living from nine to five, but you can become wealthy from five to nine. And I believe that. I believe that 100% is not just what you do with your time from a physical standpoint. It's what you're learning, what you're reading, what you're understanding. How are you dissecting your economy? Are you understanding how money flows in and out of your economy? Are you teaching your kids how to manage money? Do you want your kids to manage money different than you manage money? Do what I say, not as I do, kids. You don't want to live in the same poor position I'm in. That's not right. Listen, we need to model the behaviors that we want to teach. And I'm as guilty as anybody at this. I take my kids to the store and they want to buy something. And if they got the money, do I let them buy it? Sometimes it's easier just to give in than to say, no, save that money. You've been saving that money for something for a year. And every time you build up $10, it's burning a hole in your pocket and you spend it. Well, how are me and mom behaving? We get a little bit of money and are we out buying the new TV, the new video game system? Are we splurging on Christmas and birthdays and vacations because we finally saved $3,000? What are our kids paying attention to? The words we say, the actions we take. And are they in alignment? And it's hard. Few people are committed to the change. It's easier to maintain status quo. That's why so many people start gyms, memberships in January and stop going in February, but they pay for it for a full year. They're so committed, they're going to create the pain of paying for it, whether they use it or not. By February 1st, they've already accepted the fact they're going to pay for it for 11 months and not using it, and they're okay with it. Sounds crazy to say, but gym memberships don't go month to month for a reason because they know people would quit. They want you to commit for a full year. 
because they know you're not going to use it. That's the human psychology. That's what humans do. So how do we change that financially? How do we make better decisions today that impact our financial situation tomorrow and the next day? And we just did a podcast talking about we need to make decisions that impact the next phase of life financially, not three phases down the line. If I'm 35 or 40 or 45 years old, making a decision today that impacts me when I'm 70 doesn't hold much weight. But making a decision that impacts the next 12 to 36 months, I can live with. I can see, I can touch, I can feel. That's close enough for my short-term gratification senses to pay attention to. So how do we commit to the change? The reason why most people fail is they don't have someone that they can walk with. Watch the church programs and the TV programs and, and, the, and the biggest whatever on the reality shows. They're all fantastic, but they don't have the one-on-one mentorship, the one-on-one apprenticeship, the one-on-one success coach, the one-on-one team and community that we need to walk with us as we go through life. Because I can handle a lot on my own. But when I get bombarded with two or three things at once, I shut down, I turtle, I cave. I give in, I become weak, I make bad decisions. And then it takes me six to 12 months to rebound from a decision that if I would have just had a team, people that I could count on, people that I knew had my best interest at heart that I could bounce ideas off of to say, Stan, you don't need to panic. Breathe. Don't spend the money. Don't spend your emergency fund because someone tells you you need to pay your house off aggressively. Save it. Be calm. Be content. I love the idea of what Paul and Silas in the Bible, they're content in all situations, whether they're on the mountaintop or in the bottom jail cell, they're content. They're not in panic mode. Their lives are at stake and they're not in panic mode. How do I take that and apply that to my finances? Well, if my wife and I aren't on the same page, when we get to come across a situation where we find out that we've got to have braces and orthodontics on three kids at the same time and then someone breaks their arm and we got allergy medications and all this stuff and we panic. But if we're on the same page and say, listen, we need to take care of these, but we're going to use care credit for a season for six months because our emergency fund finally got built. Our savings account is finally there. We finally have some stability. Let's not go into financial fight or flight just because we got bombarded. And if my responsible brand person is with me, if that success coach is talking to me saying, Stan, you're doing so great. What are you panicked for? You've got this prudent reserve for this specific reason. Take half of what you need to pay and put it on care credit, take half what you need to pay and pay cash for it, and then let's rebuild your savings account while we service the debt. Let's do both and, and maintain your sanity. That's so much better than what the world wants you to do. The world wants you to freeze your credit cards, put them in the freezer so that when you come across that knee-jerk decision, you don't do it. The problem is when you have a real need, you can't use it. So do I think that you're not disciplined enough to not spend $40 on a milkshake because your kids want it? I think you can make that decision without freezing your credit cards. And if you haven't been making that decision without freezing your credit cards, we need to institute something that gives you accountability so that you know that every opportunity isn't the last opportunity to see something, eat something, do something, taste something, or experience something. The financial brand is going to be there to walk with us to initiate bite-sized suggestions 
so that we don't have to eat the whole elephant at once. I'm not gonna fix 48 years of my financial chaos in six months. It took me 48 years to get here. I'm not gonna solve it in six months. I've been married for 20 years. If my wife and I haven't been on the same page for 20 years, what makes me think we're gonna get, we're gonna get on the same page in six weeks? We're probably not. We need to take it in bite-sized pieces. If I've been raising my kids for 12, 10, and eight years, and they haven't been seeing me be financially responsible in all areas, am I gonna change it in six weeks or six months or six days? No. The good news is, my kids have seen me tithe when I've made $100 and when I've made $100,000. That's something that they're not debating. That's something I've been consistent with. That's a core value day one for my wife and I was to tithe and give. What hasn't been a core value is the size of the emergency fund and how much we spend on birthday gifts and some of the things that are outside of that. Doesn't mean we're irresponsible and we're bad parents and we're losers. It means we have room for improvement. But that's where it goes back to, am I committed to the change? Can I change a bite-sized piece over the next six to 12 weeks so that I can change another bite-sized piece in the next six to 12 weeks so that by the end of the year, I've grown in three areas that make my whole life 100% better? Absolutely. This is like compounded improvement. It's like compounding interest on my improvement. We need to have this financial understanding based on facts and things that work, not theory. So many people want to sit back and, and have theorized, philosophized conversations while they're sniffing their brandy, drinking their wine, or chewing their gummies. This isn't college. We're not sitting around solving world peace in a dorm room, philosophizing about what we're going to do with our money. This is actual experiential learning based on facts and what people have learned. When your responsible brand person comes to the table, they're not coming to the table with an experiment, they're coming to the table with something that's worked for thousands of people. Custom blended for what your economy, your family, your values, and your priorities need. It's beautiful. If you're not a diabetic, why would you get on a diabetic medicine? But the financial world wants to put everybody on a broke debt interest medicine or plan. You might not need that. Let's customize it based on what you need. Let's customize the experience. Your responsible brand person can go and ask 100 people different ways that they did things and then apply the five things that meet the criteria for your family that are most important for you and your strategy so you can see what they are and decide if you want them to work. We can cut through the clutter, cut through the hours of research. You can start using your neck up in a way that's going to have an impact on your life, on your family, on your future. We can start filling the holes by customizing the cash flow man management in your economy. We can eliminate the transfers that are relevant for your economy. Maybe you're at an age where you need to overfund your 401k. Maybe you're at an age where you don't. Maybe you're at an age where you're not concerned about the tax savings and you need to take advantage of the Roth 401k option. Maybe you're at an income level where it makes more sense to fund your Roth than aggressively fund your emergency fund because your, in gonna, your income's gonna grow so fast that you're not gonna be able to do the Roth long term. 
Maybe you're at a phase where you need to stop funding the 529 because you're already at a limit that you're going to get penalized on FAFSA, the free application for federal student aid. It's custom. Those transfers, when we capture those transfers, we can apply those dollars in a way that works to eliminate the porousness in the way you're working and start forming the wealthy you. We can start building the wealthy you on a foundation that's going to last. That's going to have an impact for generations. I want you to start keeping what you save long-term, not short-term. Think about this. How many times have you quit going into debt only to have something come up that created debt? How many times have I paid down all my debt and got it down just to almost zero before I felt good enough that I bought the fur coat, bought the Bose system, bought the TV, bought the entertainment system, needed a new car? Those were short-term. I need to have some long-term stability. And if you're 25, 35, or 60, there's no time like the present to start long-term stability than right now. Most people don't know how to navigate the life events that tend to derail momentum. And they spend all of their time gaining up enough emotional support to start. But porous mentality and porous economies never maintain stability. They're always spending their time starting. That's the problem. It's so much easier to maintain momentum than to start and stop. So if we're going to keep what we save, let's make a commitment to be committed to the change even through the first life obstacle. The one thing we talk about for sure is life's going to happen. If we're committed to maintaining this through the first life obstacle, if we can handle that one even when we're clamoring and the world is telling us we need to panic and our kids are crying and our wife's upset and our parents are telling us we're foolish and the church is telling us we need to put more on the credit card. Or the, we need to sit back and say, I'm going to trust what the responsible brand is telling me and see how it works out. Otherwise, I'm just living that insanity cycle. I'm doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. Going to wake up in 12 months broker than I am today. Let's stop the cycle. Let's break the chains. Let's get out of debt servitude. Let's start controlling our own destiny. Let's start being the wealthiest person that we can be in our own home. And let's start today. You can keep what you save. You can keep what you earn. You can keep building. And when things happen in 6, 12, 18 months, you're going to be in a position to have choices and to make changes. We did a great podcast called 18 to 24 months is the foundation that you need to change the rest of your life. That's exactly what we're talking about. Wealthy people understand they're in a long game. Porous people, me included, tend to only be short-sighted. When I'm on vacation, I can only see six, 
six to 24 hours. I can't see the impact of buying that third timeshare in two days, two years from now. I'm emotionally driven. I make bad emotional decisions. Now that I understand that, I can change. I can stop being porous. I can stop letting everything leak through my hands. I can start controlling my cash, have access to it. I can make decisions that are right for me. I can recognize that when I gave up a decision that would have costed me future wealth, it didn't change my sanity, my happiness, my joy, or my contentment. Fruits of the Spirit come in two ways, good fruit or bad fruit. What kind of tree am I building? I want to have a good fruit tree. Financially. Wealthy you is generational planning. And it's impactful. Think of your parents. If your parents had been debt free by the time they were 35 and they were able to pay cash for your college efficiently, not overpay, if they were able to buy the long-term care plans that they needed, have their house paid off while they were retired, have their retirement fully funded, their tax-free retirement fully funded, their unfunded health care fully refunded, fully funded, you would have been able to go to college and start saving for your retirement at 23 or 25, being able to start building your emergency fund, put a larger down payment on your home, buy a better car, be more efficient. The ripple effect is generational. It doesn't mean you don't respect money and you don't respect hard work and you don't respect what your parents are doing. It means you have values that are transferred down to the next generation. And values aren't financial. It's not the size of your bank account. It's how you live. It's how you think. It's how you act. It's what you do. It's what your family's defined by. It's generational. It's saying, I'm going to take what my parents built on and sacrificed for when I get an inheritance and I'm going to build on it too. How different would your life be if you got an inherited IRA that paid out eighteen dollars to $22,000 in required minimum distributions every year after your parents passed away? What if you knew you were getting a $400,000, $500,000 tax-free inheritance somewhere between 60 and 70 when your parents pass away? How does that change how you live today? It has a huge impact. But we can't do that if we're in a porous mentality. If we think poor us, which leads to porous money slipping through. We don't want the banks, the lending institutions, Wall Street and Uncle Sam controlling all of our wealth. We want to control our wealth. Why do I trust them to have a better strategy with my money than me? I worked for it. So did you. Let's start controlling things today so that we can start filling those holes one at a time. You might have a hundred holes. But if you don't do anything today, you're going to wake up in two years and have 120 holes. If we work at it today in two years, you'll wake up and you have 60 holes and they'll be the small ones. The big ones will be blocked. We'll be accumulating wealth. We'll be eliminating more holes the more wealth we accumulate. This is a ripple effect. A positive ripple effect. So let's eliminate the resentments of what we've done in the past. Let's eliminate 
the butt kicking machine of the financial decisions that put us where we're at today if it's not in the right spot for where we need to be. Let's not beat ourselves up over the decisions we made in the past. We made the best decisions in the past with the information we had at the time. In the last 30 minutes and in the next many, many years, we can learn more that's impactful for what we need to make better decisions moving forward for us and for our family. And remember, our goal is to change the landscape of America one family at a time by empowering the leader to make decisions based on facts financially, not fear. We want to educate families for the next phase of life financially so that it's impactful today. And that's what we're doing at the Responsible Brand. And I know I speak fast, I get passionate, I get excited because I see the impact that this has on your life because I've seen the impact it has on my life. And I want the best for my family too and I struggle just like you. We all go through good seasons and bad seasons. We have a team with us, a strategy and a philosophy that's based on combined common core values and priorities we have a higher chance of winning. So I hope that this information has been a benefit to you and your family. The Responsible Brand wants to help grow the understanding of how money works. Please share this with others. Reach out to your responsible team. And I hope you have a great day. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in. For new and relevant information just like this, follow us wherever you get your podcasts and interact with the responsible community on all social media platforms. We'll see you soon.